On today's episode of TASBOcast, we welcome our board president, Jennifer Land, the CFO of Pflugerville ISD, and our executive director, Tracy Ginsburg. Our topics today include changes to our board elections, what to expect in the new legislative session, our upcoming conference, and more. I'm your host, Tom Greer. So welcome to 2023. So Jennifer, how has the new year treated you? You know, Tom, this new year has started out really well. I'm excited about what's going to happen in the future, but we've a, we've been able to get kids back into the classroom and we've been able to start our budget and I'm looking forward to what's going on. Excellent. Tracy? Well, I always love coming back to work and being around my friends at TASBO and we are we hit the ground running. Uh, we have TASBO. I think I looked uh, just earlier this morning. I think it's in 32 days that we are going to be together. So I can't wait to see our members. So 2023 brings in some more new changes. Jennifer, tell us about the election changes that members will see before that conference in 32 days. Oh, yeah, the board has put in a lot. A lot of work and great work is what I'll call it. And one of the things that the board approved is to allow all members to vote in the upcoming election because the election will be electronic ballot that enables all of our members who are in good standing to be able to cast their vote. And we are excited because this will broaden the voting pool and uh, of course, give us some more great TASBO board members and leaders. And Jennifer, I, I want to thank you for helping lead the board through that effort to uh, change the voting process. You know, for more than since TASBO was formed, uh, we have elected our board members at annual conference. And for many, many years, uh, that was the only time that members came together. And that was the opportune time to vote for our directors and officers. But TASPO's changed. We had last year um, 26,000 touch points throughout the year on webinars and academies and summer conference and operations conference and then conference. And I recognize that, you know, you, you as a budget manager have to make choices or the board recognized that. And so uh, it was very thoughtfully determined that we needed to open voting so that all members who are active, uh, meaning their dues are paid in full, uh, have the opportunity to vote if they so wish. And so those people whose dues are paid in full are and are a K-12, an ESP, a retired or a life member will get a ballot come January 23rd. And you'll be able to vote through February 6th. So that'll give you two weeks to review the website, get to know the candidates, and cast your ballot. So Jennifer, what was your experience like as president? And how do you feel, and sorry to put you on the spot, but how do you feel about handing the baton to Shay Adams? It is a privilege and an honor to be a TASBO president. Uh, once in a lifetime thing, and uh, it was 
definitely something that I did not go into lightly because it's uh, it's really thoughtful work that you have to do as well as work that needs to be done to keep the organization viable. I enjoyed my time with the with the board and with Tasbo staff. Tasbo staff really makes it very easy to be a board president because they give you the information that you need and the tools that you need, even before, at least in my case, before I even could ask. They were always at the forefront of thinking of every possible question that could be asked and having the materials ready. And I am very excited, probably even more excited to pass that baton to Shay because she is such a great leader, a dynamic individual who has a heart and a passion for TASBO, and she will serve TASBO and the TASBO members with the utmost grace and respect for the profession and making sure that the organization is moving forward. You couldn't have said it better, Jennifer. Shay's going to be a terrific president. All right, so we're going to pivot and Last week, they opened the the 88th legislative session earlier this month. What should public schools expect? Well, we got to pay attention. Uh, There are lots of bills have already been filed, and there are many more to come. But there's a record level of revenue, uh, kind of a combination of things. You know, sometimes... uh, We had an awful lot of uh, infusion of federal dollars into the state's economy. Property values rose at an unprecedented uh, rate. Uh, Inflation, even though going to the grocery store isn't fun anymore, it sure does help those sales tax revenues. And so there are a combination of things which have put Texas in the enviable state of having almost $33 billion uh, surplus this year in Like in times when there isn't enough money to stretch, I think sometimes when there's too much money, it's harder to budget because there are a lot of people that don't understand everybody's program suddenly rises to the top. And so there'll be a lot of different programs, including school finance, vying for that, uh, some of those excess funds. And Jennifer, I don't know about you, but I really believe that schools are in need of a budget infusion and particularly in the basic allotment and some recognition of the unprecedented uh, inflation we're facing. I totally agree with that. And uh, so the first thing that came to my mind when Tom asked what to expect was the unexpected. (laughs) Absolutely. Because because we, we know at least most school business officials, we want that increase in the basic allotment because at least I think that is probably one of the the best ways to maintain the the system, the House Bill 3 work, uh, and maintain a semblance of equity in the system. But I also think there are going to be a a large variety of bills to watch. I've been just looking at things before the session actually started. And there's just so much out there that affects school districts that uh, right now we're just going to have to sit back and and see what cream rises to the top. Uh, I also expect that some hard decisions are going to have to be made. With the surplus, I think it's easy for a lot of the Texas groups and, and 
and entities to want more from the legislature. But like you said, Tracy, when it's a surplus, I I think that could make it even more difficult. It's easy to say no when you don't have the money, but when you do have some money to allocate, that just makes it a little bit difficult. So for public schools, of course, an increase in the basic allotment is always, at least for me, always one of the best things to be on the lookout for. But also, is there are there going to be any changes with the way we are funded in terms of ADA versus enrollment? Uh, also, I, I do believe that that there's probably going to be some traction with the way we display our information for bonds. That seems to always be a hot topic each legislative session. Well, I think you guys have covered most of the legislative priorities that were developed by our uh, policy and research team and governmental relations committee. Uh, Tracy, I know there's a few things that are, are also left out of there that, that wasn't already covered. Uh, correct. Um, you know, number one, we need to recognize that we have staffing shortages probably across uh, the spectrum of school finance, but uh, certainly we feel the most uh, in the classroom. Uh, we are not uh, able to recruit people to the profession uh, as easily as we once were as when I was the CFO. Uh, and, you know, there are jobs that pay much more than a teacher uh, and don't have the stresses and the after hours work. I uh, I actually met with a member of the legislature uh, yesterday and we talked about how the profession had changed and how uh, the messaging needed to change. We have to bring back the pride of serving in public service. Um, school safety, I mean, it is top of mind. It was top of mind prior to the tragedy in Uvalde, but certainly it's top of mind now. Uh, our members have been asked to respond to a number of surveys, and there's some items which, you know, they're being, their feet are being held to the fire to upgrade uh, their facilities, uh, which is not a bad thing, uh, but that takes money. And so that uh, the safety allotment absolutely needs to change. It, it didn't cover anywhere near uh, what's needed by school districts. Uh, and that's where that language in the ballot comes, because the language when you get to the ballot is very confusing and the ballot is very long. And now that it's electronic, uh, you know, you flip through pages and pages and pages. And the very last thing you vote on are school bonds. And if you haven't been paying attention and aren't plugged into the community, which, you know, as Texas ages, more and more people aren't plugged in. Uh, the ballot language would have you think, hmm, I think that they are pulling a fast one on me. And so we need to work on that language uh, on the ballot and on the truth and taxation form. Uh, they just don't make sense. Uh, truth and taxation, the language that we publish before we adopt the budget, really applies to cities and counties. And it just creates a whole conundrum of problems for school districts. And um, and I think the thing that TASBO has always stood for, and I think Jennifer would agree with me, uh, is the rec the fact that don't increase the basic allotment and have it come with so many strings that there is no capacity for a school district to do those unique things that their unique students need to do. So give us some discretion and allow us to uh, respond to our community and our students. I agree with that, Tracy. Uh, and we saw it 
we've seen it in past sessions, but most of us, we just want to be able to take care of our students. We want to make sure that we can provide a great instructional and educational experience for our staff without the, the unfunded mandates and constraints that we have to contend with. Because at the end of the day, we all know it's about the kids. So, so if you're a new school business official or a new board member, what, where can you go for help? Where can you go to navigate school finance policies? Clearly, I think you should come to TASPA. Uh, we have a GR update that goes out to all members. We have a variety of training that uh, we do throughout the year if you're a new superintendent. But I wouldn't go anywhere without a membership in our Center for School Finance, uh, particularly if I was new and I didn't understand how the school funding formula worked. And, you know, that formula has gotten so complicated. Uh, if you don't come to the Center for School Finance, you need to find someone who's an expert in state funding to help you. Just to triangulate, make sure that the numbers you are coming up with make sense and are correct. I agree with you, Tracy. The team that you all have assembled with the Center for School Finance, they are top notch. They will answer any question that you have. And if if they can't do it right then, they will research and get back to you. But more importantly, that team understands the operations of school business and they make sure that things that are that we're struggling with, they know about. They take the time to learn the plight of school business officials to make it relevant uh, and, and to learn about it so that it can be relevant to the work that they're doing and, and helping us with just with our revenue projections, with staying on top of the legislative action. And so when I know that those your your team from the Center for School Finance is when they're at the they're at the Capitol speaking to legislators on our, our behalf, I have great confidence in what they're telling them. Well, we are the trusted resource and we are respected at the Capitol very much. And they'll be at next month's conference in San Antonio. We'll have a luncheon on Wednesday for all of our center members and uh, Amanda and Janae will put together a program uh, and uh, we'll have that activity. There'll be some uh, breakout sessions that they will lead as well. And uh, we have something new this year. We have an after hours session and after hours is four o'clock. And Noelle with AASA, who actually happens to be having a conference just on the other side of the convention center while we are, is going to give a federal update, which is a real treat. Noelle's a terrific presenter. Uh, And so that will give uh, our members a different perspective on uh, what's happening at the federal level. Uh, that after hour session uh, will also include another session that Jason Meek has found on getting things done. Uh, it sounds fabulous and I'm looking for, I actually may peek into that. I seem to have a problem right now uh, <laughs> getting everything done and I'm thinking, I think I need a system and so I'm, I'm excited. So those are two unique sessions uh, so that you know, particularly if you live in the San Antonio area or you don't want to go back to your room right away, you uh, that's something that's new. And uh, we'll be, you, you can get additional CPE hours for attending those events. And then, of course, we have the general sessions. 
the general sessions are absolutely terrific. Uh, every year we get better and better speakers. And so this year is no exception. Jeff Henderson uh, is ranked as one of the top 20 speakers in uh, uh, on the speaking circuit. And he's in the first general session on Wednesday. The, he is in the first general session. He was previously... Uh, he's a John Maxwell trained speaker, and you know, John Maxwell is such a great trainer. Uh, and he, uh, prior to that, was a marketing manager at Chick-fil-A and had, had some, I hope he shares some of his stories from his Chick-fil-A days. I don't know that he will, uh, but if he doesn't, stop by and I'll tell you a really good one. Uh, and then Dr. Adolph Brown, uh, uh, Jennifer and I actually saw him at ASBO two years ago. He is terrific. I think he has spoken at several convocations throughout Texas. Come hear him again. He is absolutely that good. He uh, kind of moved me to tears and made me uh, readjust my mindset and maybe take off some of my blinders and look at life through a different lens. Oh, nice. Jennifer, what are you hearing from fellow TASBO members about going to the conference in San Antonio? Oh, Tom, everybody is so excited. Everybody that I talked to, uh, and I should have actually said this at the beginning, but at the beginning of the year, I get excited and re-energized because I know that TASBO conference is right around the corner. And I looked at the calendar and I at last week when we came back to work and I thought TASBO conference is almost a month away. I can't wait because when I think about TASBO's conference, I think about the networking. I think about the training, the classes that are available. And I think about what I will gain from that conference that I can bring back to my district and make this district even better than what it is. My team that are that's going, they are extremely excited. They've been looking at classes, they've been looking at the sessions and everyone's talking about, okay, what if I, if I take this, will you take that? Because I can't be in two places at once. And they are just excited about the learning opportunities. Also from other districts, uh, I've been in contact with other people who want to meet up. They want to meet up to talk about what's going on, what, what can we do to help support each other throughout the time, you know, throughout this legislative session. And uh, the buzz is always wonderful this time of year. And we are excited about the conference being in San Antonio because San Antonio holds a, a special place in my heart. I was first elected on the TASBO board at a conference in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, and I didn't know that. Or I guess yes. I didn't remember that. Okay. Yes. And so San Antonio brings about, uh, brings to remembrance for me some great great times getting introduced to the board as well as gaining additional friends. Absolutely. And I do, I do have a public service announcement from the marketing and communications team. We do have a new conference app that all attendees will need to upload. So the old app Tasbo go, and I, I don't know if we'll have the same name, but the old app will not work. You will need to go to your store and upload the new app. We'll have instructions in all the know before you go. So you expect that in a couple of weeks. And the app is going to have a really fun game uh, for the exhibit hall. And, uh, you know, the exhibit hall is always fun, I think. But seeing our 
member, our, our exhibitors and partners, and, and kind of having an opportunity to visit with them in a different manner rather than sitting across the desk from each other. And um, the team has done a great job because it'll be Valentine's Day when we open mm-hmm. the exhibit hall. And so expect lots of candy hearts and uh, opportunities to fill your bucket with lots of love. Hey, thanks, Tracy. So before we wrap up, um, Tracy, why don't you give a little brief update on the staff changes that that members may not already know about? Well, um, you know, I, I said earlier we've had over twenty six thousand touch points, and we have uh, we have those touch points because our members are engaged and because staff has worked so hard to make sure that the opportunities for learning are there for you and that we have great content. Uh, Becky Estrada came to us and uh, in typical Becky Estrada fashion, uh, she couldn't work part-time and uh, she spent so much time in curriculum and she was former chair of the certification committee. Uh, So we recently made her chief certification officer. Some of you may know Tanya Davis from Round Rock ISD. She was director of payroll and benefits there. Uh, we have just recently made her director of certification. She's been doing our webinars and and what have you. Truthfully, she started part time in January last year, and and Tanya never does anything halfway. So I'm I'm thrilled she's here. I'm thrilled we get to work together again. And uh, another new member that I can't wait for you to meet. She starts work next Tuesday. So this is the first time. Uh, our members are hearing about Mary Katie Teeger. Uh, she'll be our membership manager, and uh, she uh, is um, got her master's degree at Texas State and has been working there and teaching as an adjunct faculty member. And she is a TED Talk. Uh, she does TED Talks, coordinates TED Talks there on campus. Uh, I think we're going to have trouble keeping up with Mary Katie. She has the most beautiful smile, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Excellent. All right, Jennifer, um, any any closing thoughts? I know we'll we'll turn this over to Shay next or after the conference, but we will have you on podcasts, the Tazbocast in the future. I promise you. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. okay, Tom. <laughs> it, it's always a pleasure being on uh, the podcast and and sharing it with you and, and Tracy. It's just always exciting to be continue to be relevant and part of Taz. The time that I've had as president has been wonderful, but more importantly, my time on the board and just volunteering in every capacity with TASBO since 2002. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, I can remember that. Yes. Uh, Tracy has a story about that first class that that we taught together. But it's been wonderful, and I would not trade it for the world. I would not trade TASBO for the world. And for anyone who's listening that has not really had a chance to take advantage of everything TASBO has to offer, this is your opportunity. Get involved because TASBO can open doors for you in terms of what you learn and how you learn it. So take advantage of it and continue to enjoy this great organization.